Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 66 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Breezy, a cloud-based printing solution that makes it easy to print anything from any mobile device to any printer. Find out more at Breezy.com. Clio, online practice management for attorneys at GoClio.com. Carbonite Business, online backup for your law office. Carbonite Business backs up your files automatically and continually, so you're always protected. Try it free at Carbonite.com and get two free months with offer code REPORT, R-E-P-O-R-T. And firm manager from LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions. Try it out free at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. In our last podcast, we talked about using two monitors and some of our other favorite productivity tips. In this episode, we take a look at some big news in the world of tablets. Tom, what's on tap for this episode? In this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report, we will discuss the long-awaited unveiling of the Kindle Fire tablet device, which occurred a couple of weeks ago. In our second segment, we'll talk about the death of Steve Jobs. And as usual, we'll end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as this podcast is over. But on to our first segment, New Kindles. For months now, we've been hearing rumors, probably every week or so, that Amazon was developing its own iPad killer. And speculation was rampant that this new tablet device was finally going to do away with the iPad or at least compete with it in a way that other tablets haven't. Two weeks ago, we finally got a chance to look at what Amazon's been working on. Dennis, what do you think about this new Amazon offering, the Kindle Fire? Well, Tom, I, I think that in some ways uh, more intrigued by the the other Kindle offerings than than the the Kindle Fire. Although I know we're going to focus on on the Kindle Fire, um, and and I think the the sort of ironic thing about it is it seems like it won't be the iPad killer, but it will be the killer of all the other tablets, uh, which I think <laughs> really makes it interesting where it fits into the you know into into the range of of offerings out there these days. I, I mean, I think Tom, it's worth you know pointing out. To people that we're both longtime Kindle fans and, and Kindle users. So um, I really like the Kindle as a reading device. So I was, you know, initially attracted to the to the lower end offerings, which are this um, amazingly priced $79 basic Kindle, and then a, a touch version of the Kindle, which is is really appealing to me is I've really sort of gotten used to you know screens that I can touch and do things with. So those two things really attracted me. Um, and then I was curious about your reaction to to the fire more so than than mine in some ways because I'm I'm sort of in the iPad world and I, I see that the Kindle is is really an interesting device at sort of the lower end the the simple end of of tablet computing I don't see where it would fit into into my world particularly um, but I do see where that touch Kindle is is something that I I might well pick up before the end of the year. 
Well, I think you and I agree about 100% on this particular issue. I uh, I am a longtime Kindle user, and I used the Kindle a long time before I got my iPad. And for a time, I was actually, when I would travel, I would bring both my iPad and my Kindle because I like the Kindle so much as a reading device. Um, nowadays, I've lightened it up, and I unfortunately leave the Kindle at home because if I have to use both, you know, if I have to use my iPad uh, for other things, I can at least access my Kindle books while I'm while I'm traveling on the iPad. But let's first, let's give everybody kind of a, a rundown of the different offerings that Amazon uh, is, is, debuted last week. I, they, they, they're offering first a regular Kindle uh, with just a five-way little, uh, little uh, button that lets you go five different directions to navigate around the screen. That's going to cost you $79. It's Wi-Fi only. There's no 3G option there. The new Kindle Touch, which Dennis just mentioned, has a touch screen, so it, it, but it's still the black and white e-reader. Uh, you can get a Wi-Fi only for $99 or $139 if you don't want the ads. So it's $99 with ads and $139 without. And then there's a 3G version for $149 with ads and $189 without ads. Now, they're still making the Kindle with the keyboard available, which I personally am interested in getting rid of my keyboard because I really don't use it that much. And now that I'm used to using the iPad, I like the touch screen. But they will still sell you a, a Kindle with, an, with a keyboard. Uh, it's the same price as the touch, 99 and 139 for the Wi-Fi version, whether you get ads or no ads. And then 139 189 for the 3G, and that's ads versus no ads. Now, the Fire, what really makes it appealing to me actually is that they're only charging you $10 more than the most expensive Kindle. So you get a color version of the Kindle uh, that's a touch version for only 10 bucks more than the Kindle touches with no ads and 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 3G. So uh, it's it's an Android-based color tablet, but I think that that people have been quick to point out that it's not truly Android-based because Amazon has really done a number on it and has really gone in and made some modifications to the platform that uh, that didn't exist before. Uh, I, we're going to put a link in the show notes to something I found really useful. I think over on Lifehacker, it's called the Pick Your Kindle Flowchart. And it shows, uh, it shows how to make a decision on which Kindle to get based on what you want in the device because there are a lot of choices. And so having that flowchart is really useful. Dennis, what do you think as far as the platform is concerned uh, and, and, and whether or not it compares at all to the iPad or other Android devices that we might see? I just see it as a completely different category in, in a lot of ways. Um, and the, the key thing, I think, really is the price um, across the board on this. This is – I think this shows that we're moving in, into, a, into a different era and not to – turn into Marshall McLuhan, but I think the platform is the message. And and so what I see with these devices is I'm getting access to a platform of, of products. And we always talked about the iPad as as being a consumption device more device more than a creation device. Although I think with the world of apps that's that's changed um, you know somewhat. But I think the Kindle, especially the Kindle file, really feels like a, a consumption device. And so I think for I think there's a place for a dedicated reader. And when you think of like $79, $99, but especially the $79 one, that's the price of, of a couple of hardbacks these days. And and you just all of a sudden have access to this whole world of, of uh, books that you can read. And it's a great, it's just a great reading device. Um, so I, I think that uh, that what it, they really give you are access to the Amazon platform. And that's what they're designed for. And so you 
get all you know you can get video you can get audio you can get uh, books and and so I don't I, th- I think it's more of a personal type device than a work device although I think we'll talk about in a little bit of time I I think the Kindles can have a a real interesting place for lawyers and in a way I, I sort of think that um, we're not to the point where they're giving these devices away, but I think this is we're sort of back in the the world of the razor blade business, where Amazon you know gives away the razor and makes the money off of selling razor blades. Well, and it's a fact that I mean Amazon has said said that they're actually losing money on the Kindle Fire. They actually it costs more to produce it than they're making on it, but but they plan to make that up very quickly by sales of books and movies and music and and everything else in the Amazon store. Um, but let's you know for those people who are interested, I've I've given the lineup of of the Kindles that are available. Let's compare it though with a couple of kind of very important comparisons on how it would match up to something like the iPad. Uh, and and so I'm going to talk about this in terms of the iPad. Uh, I think one, it's much cheaper. We'll talk about that price point maybe a little bit more, but I think that is, I agree with you, the main story here is the is the price. Uh, it has many fewer apps in the iPad. I think it has somewhere over around sixteen thousand, and the Kindle. Uh, I mean, the iPad has got more than ninety thousand dedicated apps, and if you count the other apps that go to iPhones, then you're talking well over uh, well well over five hundred thousand apps. It has a smaller screen. It's a smaller device. Um, seven-inch screen versus a ten-inch screen on the iPad. I think it is very similar to look and feel, uh, in look and feel to the BlackBerry Playbook. It's got that same type uh, uh, form factor. It only has about eight gigabytes of storage compared to sixteen to sixty-four gigs on the iPad. So I think that's clear that it's not intended to be a device that's going to store a lot of data on it. Uh, but I don't think Amazon wants you to do that. I think Amazon wants you to use their cloud-based tools to uh, to store music and to store movies and and books and those types of things, and and I think that this is the, the this device is connected directly into its cloud services to be able to do that for you. It's Wi-Fi only. There's no 3G, so you can only access it when with a Wi-Fi connection. And then it's no there's no camera. It's not designed to be a device that has a camera. So I I agree with you, Dennis. I think it really is a consumption device, and I think that that's exactly what Amazon intended. And so I think that the answer to the question that we posed at the beginning, is this a an iPad killer? I think no, it is designed specifically to take up that space in the market that the iPad can't occupy and that the Android tablets that have come before it uh, have failed to occupy. W- would you say that's the case, Dennis? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's this this great untapped market uh, where people are interested in in tablets and in what they can do, but don't really want to spend the money on on an iPad, and you know, for for whatever whatever reason, um, or are uncomfortable with with the iPad, or yeah, you know, I the other night I was having a discussion with my my sister in law who was sort of bragging about the great you know super low price she got on Android phone, and and then just trying to argue by features that it was better than an iPhone and it was sort of like it just fell on deaf ears because we were like well yeah we have this we have an iPhone and it's great and it, we have all these apps and it works exactly the way we want so we're not really interested in, in price we're not price sensitive when it comes to that and, I, and so I think there's a you know a great iPad market where people aren't very price sensitive but there's a, another market where people are and I think Kindle will fall into this because it 
because it is that consumption vice. Because you can say, you know, say for parents or, or or whatever, there's a bunch of people who will say, "This is great. I can get movies. I can read books. This is awesome." You know, I mean, Tom, is so cool for people who haven't used a Kindle. The fact that you can just say, "I'm buying. I want this book. I buy it. It's downloaded to my Kindle in 20 seconds. And I start reading." Is it's really a, just a an amazing, amazing thing, and you start to get used to it. So I think that's that's a cool thing, and. And as I understand it, from what we're hearing, the, the pre-sales on on the Kindles and I think the Kindle Fire especially have, have been pretty phenomenal at this point. I think that's right. I think from what we've heard that that this is going to be a popular device. And and like you, I, I am probably not going to go with the Fire. My, my recommendation is if you have an iPad – then the, the fire isn't something you need. It, it, it really depends on uh, on what you want to use it for. And I think you're exactly right when talking with your relatives that, that if you've got an iPad, why would we need to get something different? If you don't have a tablet and you're not sure you have a need for it for strict work purposes, then I think this is a, an excellent option for you. I think that 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 you have the ability to use apps. It is an Android-style tablet, so you can use apps on here, but I really think that's a secondary consideration as evidenced by the fact that there's no email app on it. There's no calendar app built in. You can download an Android app for that, but it doesn't even want you to have the basics of what a lawyer might consider to be the, the most two important tools that they have on a tablet device. Dennis, you want to, before we close out, want to make your case for why lawyers might want to use a Kindle Fire in their practice? Well, I, I think the Kindle has uh, has potential for a lawyer, and, and we've talked about this a bit in the past, but I, I think the same things come across. And the real benefit to a Kindle or any ebook reader is that you don't have to carry around books. And so it's very possible. I mean, there's applications where you can convert PDFs and other documents we use into the Kindle format. Um, you can also buy and down, you know, download books onto that device. And you're carrying around, um, in my case, an embarrassing amount of, of books all on this small device. And you can read whatever you want. And, 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 and I see it as a reader. The Kindle Fire, I think, takes it a little further because now I can I can potentially show video. I, you know, I can watch movies. I can do all those things. So it becomes, a, you know, an even more interesting device. Although part of what I like about the Kindle is the fact that it's easy to read with that e-ink. Um, I've really grown to like that. So I don't know. I'm not as happy in some ways with just reading a book on an iPad as I am with with the Kindle. I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, it's very good. But I just sort of have grown to like the Kindle better. So I think it has a place for, uh, especially for a lawyer. If you're doing things like where you need access to statutes and the, you know all those sorts of things, certain documents you just need to read wherever you're at, then instead of lugging a bunch of stuff around, you you have this Kindle, uh, and as I said, with the the benefit of potentially uh, showing video. So I I think it's just another step uh, to showing us how we're moving toward the what we've called and others have called the post PC world is, um, and so. Um, and it's a good step, and and I love the fact always that prices are coming down. No, I agree, and uh, and I guess my my last statement on this is is going to be that that if you don't have an iPad and you don't have the need to do productive things on a tablet device like create documents and edit documents and do things, then I think that the Kindle Fire may work for you if you just want to use it as a consumption device or something to hold videos or your books or things like that. I think the Kindle Fire makes sense. Uh, if not, if you need to be more product productive, the iPad may make more sense for you. Uh, but uh, I'm awfully tempted 
tempted to get one in, in addition to my iPad, but I'll probably just stick with getting a Kindle Touch when they come out. I was going to say, Tom, it's a great Christmas gift too. Or, or you know, if you're looking for something that you know for your kid's school that you're donating something for an auction, or you you want to give a, a gift to somebody, I think these are these are great. They'll draw a lot of interest, and people will think highly of you. And it's you know, it's a lot cheaper than an iPad. Don't don't tell anyone, but we've already put this on the wish list of several of my relatives. Uh, those are easy easy Christmas gifts to get to people. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from our sponsors, Breezy, Clio, Carbonite Business, and Firm Manager by LexisNexis. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to introduce us to the world of cloud computing and how it can be beneficial to lawyers and law firms. Jack, we're hearing great things about cloud computing and its utility for law firms. Can you tell me why so many lawyers are excited about cloud computing? I think the most important thing about cloud computing from a lawyer's perspective is that it gives them the power and breadth of features that traditional desktop and server-based software uh, gives them without all of the IT overhead and inconvenience. So there's uh, all the benefits and none of the downsides of traditional desktop-based software and they're able to focus on practicing law with a really solid cloud computing platform behind them. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of the, the excitement is they're now able to realize the, the potential of IT without all of the headaches. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. If you like listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, you might also like the podcast, Law Technology Now on LegalTalkNetwork.com. Backing up your business files can be a hassle, and it's hard to know if you're doing it right. That's why more law offices are using Carbonite Business Online Backup. With Carbonite Business, your files are backed up automatically and continually. They're stored safely off-site, and each employee can access their backed up files privately on any computer or on their smartphone or iPad. Try it free at Carbonite.com and get two free months with offer code REPORT. That's Carbonite.com. Offer code REPORT. Ever wondered why you can't print from your BlackBerry, iPhone, or iPad? Now, with Breezy, you can. Download Breezy from the App Store or visit Breezy.com slash Legal Talk to learn more. Breezy lets you print or fax anything from any device to any printer or fax machine. Backed by ironclad security, Breezy saves you and your staff significant time. Available on BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad, and coming to Android in November. Secure mobile printing. It's easy with Breezy. Go to Breezy.com. That's B-R-E-E-Z-Y dot com slash legal talk now. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager, is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge or to learn more, 
Visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. In this segment, we want to take a few minutes and mark the passing of, of a giant in the technology world, Steve Jobs. Um, we all got the news the other night, and it it was really amazing to see uh, what was happening on social media, Twitter, just the outpouring of sympathy and comments about Steve Jobs. But um, more importantly, about the people making the comments about Steve Jobs and the the impact that what he created had on them. And it's kind of an interesting thing about the world of Apples and Macs is that people tend to talk about how the technology transformed what they did or their lives. They don't. So there wasn't a big outpouring talking about I love the GUI interface or I love the you know the touchpad or you know any any of those things. It's all. It really focused on the the changes that the the tools that Steve Jobs helped create um, had on people's lives, and and that's what I thought about it. my first Mac many years ago. I what I liked about it was it allowed me to use MacDraw to create graphs and charts and and to produce things for clients um, that really allowed me to do some of the things in client service that I wanted to do. And there was a program called HyperCard. Uh, which kind of got me into the world of the internet and able to create my own web page. Um, you know, blogging brought me back into the, into the Mac world. And, you know, and, and recently I got this MacBook Air that is by far my favorite computer that I've ever used. And so I, I, I saw that kind of outpouring too. And it, it sort of made you focus on the impact that technology can really have on people's lives. And then, Really, the striking role that Steve Jobs uh, played in so many different things, any one of which you know would be a signature for anyone, but the Mac, the iPod, you know, again, I, the iPod sort of brought music back into my life when when I wasn't listening to a lot of music. iPad, Macs, uh, you know, the MacBook Air that I have now, and uh, you know, so it's. That was the interesting part of the the uh, the outpouring because I don't think a lot of people really know Steve Jobs or you know think of a personal impact, but it was what he was able to create and his approach to that that really had the impact on people. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Apple heads in the next few years. From what I've read and heard, uh, that that Steve Jobs' vision and, and the ideas and plans that he had will carry the company for at least the next couple of years. I've heard some say as far as 2015, but some some shorter than that. But after that, I mean, we're going to be seeing a different view, a different face, uh, and different people with their vision for how the company is going to continue. So I think that's really going to be, for me, the, an interesting development in, in in the loss of Steve Jobs. You can say, I think, a lot, and you've said a lot of things about his contributions to technology in general, but I kind of wanted to talk about the, the impact he may have had on legal technology. I think 
I think that law firms in general have been resistant to adopting Macs in the law firms. And I guess I should say big firms have been resistant. And, and, and although that trend, I think, is reversing for sure with solo and small firm lawyers, I do think that big firms are still by and large dedicated to using PCs in, instead of Macs. But I think where you see Apple's biggest effects on on the big firm and just on lawyers in general is in what people have called the consumerization of IT, uh, that lawyers are, are now demanding that that firms use and adopt iPads and iPhones, and big firms are starting to listen. And IT departments are saying, we'll support your iPhone, we'll support your iPad, we'll support your Android device. So it's spilling over into other companies and other types of technologies as well. You know, whether this was intentional on Apple's part, or whether this was just a natural consequence of putting out its uh, its personal computing devices, uh, it, there's no question that this vision and the way that he's done this has really impacted uh, the legal community and the way that they handle certain kinds of technology. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that's right. And, and sort of my thing always about uh, Apple and Macs and all 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 that's gone with is is that the tech now they've allowed for the technology to get out of your way, so you can immediately start working. You can you can do the things that that you want to accomplish, and and that's what I've always liked in in the, the world of Apple. You know, sometimes it's a struggle when I you know sort of my experience buying the MacBook Air is sort of my classic you know Apple experience. So I looked at it. I'm spending about twice as much as I really wanted to spend on a laptop, but I thought about it and I said, this is something I want personally. I'm going to use it for a while, and you know, I kind of deserve it for myself. I'm willing to pay the extra. And I kind of groused about it for a while. But now I look and, and every time I use it, I go, this this is my favorite computer ever. And, um, you know, and so so I I think that's great. And, you know, in the, in the American tradition, I'm sure that we'll start to hear, you know, bad things about Steve Jobs and people will kind of second guess what his legacy is. But but I think for a lot of people, when you talk to them, uh, there's there's something transformative that happened using the Apple products that really had an impact on their lives. And and I think it's rare that you find a, you know, somebody in the world of business or technology who has that kind of impact and influence. Um, so so I think it is a, a you know a memorable and an important uh, passing. Well, and I think that uh, I think that it's difficult to be a, a a genius in any industry without being difficult to get along with. So I, I I've heard stories as well, and I sh I'm sure that these t types of stories may come out more often. But I think that the uh, the legacy that is left uh, and the impact that he's made will far outweigh uh, any of that that might be said over the coming weeks and months. Now it's time for our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. Well, in honor of uh – in, in order to, to, to remember Steve Jobs and, and to memorialize Apple, I, I'll give a, an iPad tip. I have, when I first bought my iPad, my goal was uh, to have a legal pad, to have something I could actually write on and take notes at meetings uh, with clients and to get rid of all paper and to be able to do it electronically. But what foiled me was that the note-taking apps that I used just weren't that great and that the stylus that I used, I couldn't find one that didn't make it look like I was writing 
writing with a crayon. It, it was just too fat. My writing isn't good enough to begin with, but I have found the perfect combination of app and stylus, and now I can say I'm actually using it the way I want to. The app that I use is called NoteShelf. I want to give a big shout out to Brett Burney for recommending it. Uh, it's called NoteShelf. It uh, allows you to write uh, and create notebooks. Uh, I, I have a notebook I have many notebooks on my shelf that are based on the projects that I'm working on or the clients that I uh, am working with. I can save those notebooks to PDF files and email them out. I can save them to my Dropbox or to my Evernote account. It's just a terrific note-taking app. It's a $4.99 at the App Store. And then the stylus that I'm using is a new stylus called Adonit, A-D-O-N-I-T, Jot Pro stylus. And what's interesting about this is it uses a little plastic disc on the end of the tip of the stylus to help uh, to help it, it write. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but it just does. And it actually writes with ballpoint pen precision. It is a fantastic stylus. It costs $29.95. We'll put a link in the show notes. It has made me and converted me to a paperless writer on the iPad. Dennis. Well, Tom, I, I sort of think that we may have to rename the segment to Tom's new iPad stylus of 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 the show segment, because you're always finding new new uh, new stylus. But I, I want to go I back to the Kindle theme, and I really like a, a blog called Kindle Review. Um, and part of the reason I like it is not just because it gives you news about what's happening in Kindle, but every day it sort of scours the internet and Amazon to f- find the the bargains and the free uh, downloads that are available on a daily basis. And um, it can be addictive and you can end up with a Kindle full of stuff that you'll probably never get around to reading. But it's an am- amazing uh, blog in how useful it is to, to help you find uh, inexpensive and, and a lot of times free uh, Kindle downloads. And the other thing that I think is really important for people in the Kindle world is, is a program like Caliber, C-A-L I-B-R-E, which allows you to do conversions of PDFs and other document formats into the the uh, .mobi format, which is used on the Kindle. Uh, so you can take those PDFs, convert it, um, and then uh, load it onto your Kindle. And it, it does a really great job. There are a number of number of programs like this, but Calibre is, is the one I've used. Very useful, and it, it just uh, really ups the the usefulness of a Kindle device to be able to put your own uh, documents onto it. Yep, I use Caliber too. It's a great program. It it, it converts to more than just the .mobi format, and best of all, it's free. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics we discussed today, is available at our newly renovated show notes blog at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or give us a tweet at tkmreport. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Fire up a subscription to this podcast. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, 
The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.